0: makes it all better all right welcome back into the podcast appreciate everybody downloading subscribing to the pod if you haven't checked out the brand new youtube channel you gotta peep it it is fantastic i mean i sometimes just come into this this podcast studio and just stare at everything on the wall and just so dang proud of of this podcast studio so make sure you check out and subscribe to the youtube page as well we got a a special guest uh today on the podcast former husker Offensive lineman Matt Hoskinson uh, is is going to join me. Haas is a uh, is is a guy that three time national champ. He is a native Nebraskan walk on. He was on the Sports Illustrated All Walk on team in 1997. So he was on the '94 national title team, '95 and '97 national championship teams. Th- this dude knows Scott Frost really well. He played with Coach Frost. Uh, you know, he he he's been around him throughout you know his whole playing journey and now coaching journey uh, and his son is is also on the team as well so I mean who better to talk to about the team the coaching staff the offensive line what he's seen from the team in the O-line and the run game through the through two games than Haas you know I mean this guy is uh is is the perfect guest so let's get to it man let's uh let's let's throw it to yours truly and former Husker offensive lineman Matt Hoskinson enjoy look at him in all his glory matt hoskinson former husker offensive lineman he's playing with his hair you look fine Hos. you're I'm just three making guys. sure I,
1: look good. I mean i usually do i was just making sure
0: yeah you look good man i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to gas you up here i'm trying oh, to get you okay I, to get yeah, you all right, i'll take trying, it keep going uh, yeah, i know you will i know you will uh you got a pizza named after you you got three national championship <laughs> rings you you know how to work technology and do whatever zoom thing this is here like You've made it, man. You've made I
1: feel, it. I feel like I have. I feel like now. Well, now I've made it because I made your pie. Po- like I've listened to your podcast. I've seen some of the jokers you've had, like JP and guys like that. Yeah, finally like get some talent on your show.
0: Well, I f- I figured like now that we're in the season, let's bring in the A team, right? Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah, that's but what we yeah. got to do. So. We're taping this on a Wednesday evening. Um, Nebraska's one one. They got Buffalo this weekend. I told you I'd only keep it for about 30 minutes. So we got a lot to get to. So you ready? You wanna you wanna dive in? You ready to go? Let's rock and roll. I'm in. So so I want to start with this just real quick. Odd even front. Explain. Can you explain? Everybody's been trying to chime in on, you know, like I was a quarterback, but in high school, but I don't listen. I knew if there was a guy head up on the center, I I know just technically what it means, but I don't just like everyone else does. But you've lived it. You've blocked it. You've had to make calls on it. Everybody made a lot out of that whole, hey, we had to throw half the playbook out when they lined up in a different front. Elaborate on odd, even front and everything that happened with Frost comments after the Illinois game.
1: Well, let me let me start with this. First of all, um, the the fans and fans of your show and our fans in general, who, you know, are just absolutely nuts. and, And that can be a good and bad thing. They need to probably wrap their minds around a word called hyperbole. So he literally did not throw his half of his book away. But what his point was, is that the preparation that they had seen and felt and heard and watched and done all the work for was based on one front. And they showed a completely different front. So congratulations. You know, you, you, you duped us. He didn't have to throw half the book away. I, that, was a, that was a comment made, you know, kind of for exaggeration. So let me start with that. I think most people know that, but we have enough crazies that well, you know. Like, some people are like, oh, wow, he had to throw half the book away? I mean, what kind of offense are we running? So I, that, it is what it is. So that's that. Now, here's the deal there's a big difference between when I played and what goes on now. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying when, when I played option football um, we had rules based on whether you're covered or uncovered. So I'm going to make it really, really simple. I don't want like, cause people get on the show and they get super technical and it's, that's not for the average. They don't want to hear that. So basically are you covered or are you uncovered? So if I'm playing center, I'm covered. I have an odd front. I call odd. It's easy. We know what to do. Okay. We know what to do based on outside, zone blocking schemes and based on our inside zone blocking schemes okay if it's even meaning the center's uncovered um then we also know what to do because the rules still apply it was really simple it didn't matter how they lined up it didn't matter if they stemmed to one or the other uh it was a very very simplistic brilliant blocking scheme and and i say that because milt teneper is the greatest offensive line coach of all time i I don't think it's debatable Um, now What's changed is that offenses are so much more multiple now than they were when we played. Um, I can give you some examples, but again, I'm not going to get crazy on this, but when when you talk about a very simple running play, let's call it 50. I think that's one of our running skills. So from that, there could be five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 deviations. Okay. I'm not saying this is good and I'm not saying it's bad, bad but there can be so many different deviations so if you're preparing for one what happens is is that you've gone down this pathway with all these deviations and that's what you spent your time preparing for and all of a sudden they come out in something totally different when you have a young offensive line it matters okay it matters so people should be able to wrap their mind around like of course he didn't throw away half the playbook but the but the young offensive line which they don't get to be young they have to be good right now but they were confused it was it was a challenge And it took them some time to kind of get out of that and figure out what plays they were trying to get going. So that's the that's the shortest answer to a really long potential question we could talk about literally for probably an hour. Right. That's that's the way that I that I view it. So it threw them off. Um, It should have been a challenge for about a quarter. And then from there, it should have been fine, which it probably was.
0: Right. Right. Do I hear all the time people talk about offensive line takes time for it to for it to gel and chemistry, those kinds of things. Can you elaborate on that? What does offensive line chemistry look like? And is that true that naturally everybody is supposed to get better each game that goes? But as a cohesive, you know, five man unit, what that process looks like as you're progressing through the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, great question. So offensive line synergy, I think, is critical. I mean, I, I've always thought that. And, again, this this is something that stands the test of time. This goes all the way back, predates me. When, when you have an offensive line, there, there's a reason that they call it a unit, an offensive line unit. They have to act as one, and you can't have a weak link. I mean, that's just a fact. So when, when you talk about the synergies and the kind of the developments that that really experienced offensive lines have, so I'm thinking like Ohio State the last couple of years, they, they've kind of had been very uh, – senior or junior heavy guys that have been in there and they played together, they know what's going on. So if I'm playing guard and I know what my tackle does and I know what my center does, I mean, I know how they block. I know what they do. I know how they think. um, I know how they react. So, you know, when when the bullets are flying out there literally, and and you know that that guy isn't going to panic, there's something to that. And so when these guys haven't played together for a long time, it, and, and again, I'll say it again, they don't have time to not be good. They have to be good now. Um, it, it's difficult for them and it's tough. I mean, you have guys like Turner and Bryce. I mean, they're, they're brand new. I mean, these guys haven't seen a bunch of, you know, multiple defenses and changing fronts and and guys stimming and some of the stunts that they've been seeing. So this is all fairly new to them. So the ability for that line to gel and act together and think together and take some pride in what they do together, um, you'll know when the offensive line is doing really, really well because you and I won't be talking about offensive line.
0: Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what have you seen through two games so far? I mean, it's uh I think it's been a little bit a little bit of a mixed bag. Obviously, the first game, it took them a little while to get rolling and then they got behind and now all of a sudden everything changes. Second game was much better, ran for 300 plus yards. Through two games, how would you characterize what you've seen from the O-line so far?
1: Um is improvement. Yep. Okay, is that's a word that pops in my head is improvement. Um For some reason, and I don't know the answer to this, for some reason, we are a very slow starting offensive line and have been. And and I don't I don't have the answer for that yet. I think some of the answer is related to youth and inexperience. It, It really is. I think that some of it is getting a feel for the game. I think some of it is related to play calling, which all of this stuff interrelates. So maybe some of the play calling isn't as aggressive, knowing the offensive line is still feeling their way through the game. Um, I think all of those things kind of tie in. I think it's a I think the inexperience in the youth kind of that piece to it is the reason I think they tend to start slow. So I think about the last game. OK, Illinois, you should beat Illinois. OK, they were physically we were physically better than them. In my opinion, they were experienced and their D-line play. Well, um, I, I still contend we should have won that game. But I'm th- thinking about the second game. And granted, it's Fordham. I know people are going to say Ah, it's Fordham. It's Fordham. But this is we saw what happened throughout the country with other teams. I mean, there are some legitimate players on a lot of teams across the country. Okay. So we played really poorly in the first quarter um, and I'm listening to it. I was at my middle son's football game, driving down to Lincoln, caught the second half live from the time that I got there and the second, second quarter was good too. But from the time that I got there, what I saw is I feel like they latched to something as a group. So I'm talking about the O line and maybe the, the offense entirely. They found something. They found something in a running back. They found something in a blocking scheme. They found something in the quickness with which they ran the plays. Um, Will that continue throughout the year? Will they build on that? I really, really hope so, because I truly think they found something. And what I saw most of all was our offensive line displacing the defensive line, which to me, if you go back to simplicity, you know, the keep it simple, stupid philosophy if I take myself and this group of four buddies that I have, and I take their D line and I move them from A to B, B being two yards off the ball, that's four yard game, yeah. right? You're right. going to get the two and you're going to fall forward for two more. You can go all the way down the field, touchdown, move on. Right. And I saw that more than I've seen it in the last three years. And I know they're working on it because I was at practice last Wednesday and they were running some things in practice that I have not seen them do before. So they are literally trying to move guys. So it's much less of a pro blocking scheme and more of a college blocking scheme. Okay. So if this is a change that G has chosen to kind of put into his repertoire, I guess you could say, I love it. I right. love it. I think it's working.
0: What do you like about Greg Austin? What's what jumps out at you? It's a guy that you played for, what you what you said, and I agree with you. Milt Tilliper, the greatest offensive line coach of all time. You were part of the pipeline. I mean, what do you see from Greg Austin? Um,
1: I see some of the same qualities that that Milt had. I think where Milt was was there was a lot of places he was brilliant, fully biased, acknowledge it. okay. fully, fully biased. Um, I think where he was really brilliant, aside from the X's and O's, which he was really, really good at. And I can give you a million examples of that. I think what he was great at is the motivation piece. He knew how to push people's buttons and he was the ultimate. So he combined kind of the old school, new school approach. And here's what I mean by that. He was the first guy that would get in your stuff, man. And it didn't matter if you were Outland Trophy winner or you're, you know, some walk on from Battle Creek. If you're doing it wrong, he's going to light you up. But he's also the first guy to give you a hug when you did it right. To acknowledge you, call you out, pump you up. Like he knew what buttons to push. An amazing um, motivator. Somebody that I I would call it a player's coach for that reason. Um, But it didn't matter. Like when, when, when he got on us, it felt like you were disappointing him it takes time for a leader to do that, whether it's business football or otherwise, you have to earn that. Um, and I know he earned it over many, many years, many, many years before I was there, but we had so much respect for him that when he got on us, we felt like we were letting him down. I see some qualities in Greg that kind of are similar in that I I feel like he's a player's coach. So I've seen him get on guys. I've seen him really get on guys. I think he understands the X's and O's of football very, very well. Um, I think he knows his strengths and weaknesses. I think that's that self awareness piece as a coach. I think is really really important. And you know, yeah. not a lot of coaches, not all coaches, I should say, not all coaches know that that self awareness to know I'm not good at this piece. I think he knows what he's what he's strong in. I think he sticks to those things. I think he teaches them well, um, and he's patient. It's a big group, man. I mean, right. it, I, I would contend that if just the O line and D line perform great, if they're elite level, and I said this to the guys, if they're elite. This is an eight-win team every year. You know right. what we've become? Iowa. <laughs> I, right? I mean, I hate to say it, but oh, you know, sure no. what that's what they are. Yeah. And they're never going to win more than that. They're never going to win 10, 12 games. They won't um, because they don't They don't put all the pieces together. And quite frankly, I don't think they care. Mm-hmm. I think they want to set themselves up in the Big Ten and the Big Ten West. We're going to win eight or nine games, go to a good bowl game. We're going to be a top 20 team, and that's good enough. So my, my point to saying that is, I think those are some of the learnings that the coaches have had as they've come in and say, man, we could do it this way at Oregon or we could do it this way at Central Florida. Now, this is a different league. I need a great O-line and a great D-line. Then I start to mix in these pieces that we're getting. Now we're talking about a whole different football team.
0: Sure. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. One of the the things you mentioned was from the second quarter on, finding a running back because that is something that that frost has talked a ton about that that and even coach held has said we want to find a guy you know we want to find a bell cow dude and so far through two games they've they've kind of mixed a little bit of of everybody in there who's the guy like who who do you who do you like so far do you like Marquis step has he run the best to you so far i i think
1: so um i think that's the right answer um you know, it, to me, running back's a little bit like quarterback. If you have two, you have none. Yeah, um, I you agree. You have to figure out who your guy is. I mean, who are you going to saddle up and ride? Um, you have to have multiples and running backs. We know we know football, not just college, NFL, high school. You have to have multiple, no doubt about it. And I think we have some guys that, that can fill that role. I think, I think you have to have that guy that's like, he goes out here, he's the one that can deliver the four to six yard run in, in kind of a bruising fashion. He's the guy that can do that. I think he separated himself a little bit in this last game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know wh- where do you? I, maybe you disagree with this, and you can tell me if you do. I personally think it's clear that Martinez is their best runner. Yeah, and the offense is is at its best when he is running the football. I'm not saying you got to give him the ball thirty times or whatever, but obviously when you run Martinez, that comes with the risk of injury and comes with the risk of of fumbling the ball, which Adrian's had issues with at times how do you size all that up like we're at our best when we're running him don't want to run him too much but we got to do what we got to do that gives us the best chance to win there's a lot of things i mean you came from an era of a running quarterback that with with, with frost and obviously with t Frage before scott took over like that's an yep. interesting thing to balance
1: I, I so i'm gonna give a i'm gonna give you the honest answer i'm gonna give you my my gut answer here I, I don't never have, whether it be with my kids, whether it be the youth teams that I coach, whether it be the teams that I played on, I have never concerned myself with injury. But I have that luxury, okay? Look, I'm not coaching Nebraska football. I'm coaching sixth grade junior storm. If I lose a game, nothing happens, right? Nobody <laughs> says anything, nothing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, in fairness, that's, that's the truth. But I have never concerned myself with injury. I, I would if, if it were my team, I would never put a green jersey on a quarterback. I would let him feel a little bit of bumps and bruises in practice. Not all the time. You know, put a, put a put a penny on him, you know, in some of your team stuff. But when you have your one-on-one, like, let him get hit a few times. Um, if that's your best pathway to winning, you know what we never did? Scott didn't wear a jersey. Tommy didn't wear a jersey. I mean, they would take a few pops, um, especially in our one-on-one stuff. Um, but those were big, strong, physical guys, and they never got hurt. I mean, right. they just never, not even so much as a bump or a bruise. And so that's something, again, I understand, clearly, I'm an old guy, I'm, you know, 46. And i so I have an old philosophy. But if you get hurt, you get hurt. And we don't, we're don't. we not there from a depth standpoint to have that next man up mentality. But you have right. to have that next man up mentality. So somebody always tends to step up. And if, if they if they choose to run him too much, and he happens to get dinged up, then you have to have faith that the next guy can kind of carry it through.
0: Yeah, I, I think you got to do what gives you I, the best chance to win. I, I agree. There's that no, be prevailing. I mean, look, look
1: where, yeah. Look where we're at right now. I mean, we are at a point right now um, and I love this staff. Okay. And, yeah. and so I'll, I'll throw this, try to do it once, but I'll throw this one caveat. I'm fully biased, right? I, yeah. I've known yeah. Scott for a long time. I know the staff. Well, um, I, I'm by it. Plus I'm a Husker. I, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm that guy, but I will tell you, like we, we are closer than people think. I mean, we really are. When you can sit we, Now we're consistently losing and eventually you have to win those three and four point games, but they're they're all over. Like if you haven't seen progress in the last three years, you're not really looking, you're not, you're not looking hard enough. So having said all of that, this is major college division one football. We are Nebraska. You've got to win the game. You got to win the game. Right. So put your best foot forward. If it's, if it's your running quarterback, then, you know, maybe a couple of times he has to hook slide instead of barreling into people because I'll tell you right now what we used to say to Scott, it's actually a cool quick story, but his first, his, this is my junior year, his first start. Okay. So this is maybe the second or third series of the game. He runs option, keeps it kind of slithers his way for about a 10 yard gain and runs out of bounds. He probably could have cut up field for maybe another two. There's a guy there, you know, and he comes back to the huddle and Aaron Taylor lit him up. He's like, Hey, that might've been cute at Stanford, but here we tuck our shoulder and we run the guy over for two more yards, like flat out on the field. Next play coming in. Love so- it. Fast forward about next series, he breaks another one and he's kind of running down the sideline. Should have been a touchdown, but like a 40-yard touchdown. He actually turns back to the middle of the field, finds the safety, and just runs his safety over. It kind of falls forward, you know, and he comes back and he's high five, and everybody's celebrating everything. He comes back to the huddle and looks at Taylor and he's like, Hey, what'd you think of that? And Taylor's like, that's pretty awesome, but I probably would have just got the touchdown on that. One. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my point is, like, we you know, Scott was a bull, man. Like, let just yeah. guys be bulls and um, let the chips fall where they may. I mean, we got to yeah. put it out there this year. That's my
0: yeah. opinion. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's a the remember the block he threw in the Tennessee national championship game. Fearless, man. I mean, fearless, I mean fearless, you know, so. he, he,
1: he, he, the dude's a winner, though. And I mean, yeah. we can we'll yeah. talk, probably talk about Adrian, but I, I, like Scott, just he has a winning mentality. That's what's that's what's so hard for him right now. Like he's never been in a position like this. Oh, no.
0: yeah. What's it I, I wanted to ask you about that because it, it's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm one of my best friends in the world is Barrett rude. So there's yep. that balance of like, I mean, he's the linebackers coach, like giving them space with yep. showing them support. What's that been? Now Barrett's not the head coach. He's not Scott Frost. Like you're close with Scott. You played with him. What's, what's your relationship been like with him in, in trying to like, Hey, do you just kind of do that? Hey man, I'm here. If you need me kind of a thing or always. What, what's always, yeah. what's, what's, what's happening?
1: Like? It's a great question. Um, when we have conversations, um, what I tell him is if, if there's anything that I can do to help, I say it to G too, if there's anything that I can do to help, I'm here to help. I'm, I've been a Husker for 46 years. Mm-hmm. So day I was born, I got onesie pictures. I, I played there. Like I'm a Husker and I always will be right. Um, I'll do anything I can to help. So I'm more of that. <clears throat> I'm that ear for him, you know, and I feel like I can kind of you know, he hears all the noise and he's there at the stadium and you can't not hear this. It's too loud. You know, we have, there's too much going on and too much social media today. So I feel like I get to be kind of that level head where it's, Hey, listen, it's, you know, you got a very vocal minority. This is not the bulk of Nebraska fans that are out here complaining and whining and, you know, all that type of stuff. It's not, it's not the majority, Right. (laughs) but here's some things, you know, if, if asked, I'm going to give him my opinion. And sometimes he does. So sometimes he might ask whether it be, how we do things or how he's doing things, or it could be anything from leadership, you know, being in a, a business and, t- and talking kind of leader to leader stuff, um, I, th- I mean, we kind of just bounce ideas off of each other and it's, it's kind of a, it's a cool thing to have a guy that you know as well as I know, Scott, wow. be in that position and kind of understand what's going on and understanding the challenges, challenges that he's faced since he's come here. Right. And, and it's interesting, I mean, it's, it's a lot and a lot of people don't know everything because he's not gonna share it all.
0: No. No, I bet. I, I mean, I could the, the the amount of pressure that guy's on is just it's crazy, you know, and that's got to be hard as a you know, you're wearing a lot of hats. You're a friend. He's a former teammate. You you know, it's just it's that's a challenging thing for you to have to balance. What do you what, what is fair criticism? Like if you if you had to look at everything, is it just the fact that, hey, they haven't won? Like, I mean, I think is that the only thing that's fair? Is there? Cause how do you see that? Cause I'm sure, like you said, there's 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 bullets fl- flying from everywhere and questioning this and this and this. What's fair? What's not? It's a,
1: it's a great question.
0: I don't think I have the full answer, but I'm
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best on this one. Uh, so one, the obvious one, you gotta win more. We, yeah. it, I mean, we that's something we talk about. He knows. I mean, you're not telling him something he doesn't know, for God's sakes. I mean, it, it, win more. You got to win more ball games. We can't we can't continually. Shoot, and the problem is, is it's not that people have just beaten us. It's we've beaten ourselves. It's no question. This penalty, this turnover, this fumble, this muffed punt, this this missed onside kick—like little things that are massive, massive in key, critical times. It's amazing how, when you're not playing well and not winning, how bad luck follows, right? Right. And it's amazing how the, the reverse works. It's amazing mm-hmm. when you're winning how good luck follows. And so, I mean, a fair criticism is you got you got to win. You got to you got to find a way to win some of those games. Um, a, a fair criticism is he's made some some statements that, you know, we haven't been able to back up yet. And for me personally, like as a former player, I love him. every one of them. I, I love it because he, he kind of came in with it's part of why we loved him. Aside from being an alum and being a great football coach, he had some edge to him. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to lose that edge. I don't because his his belief in what he and his staff are doing is still there. It's not that part hasn't wavered. Um, he, I I like that piece, but I think a fair criticism is too much. You know, you've, you've said too much. That's fair. I mean, because you haven't backed it up yet. Right. 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 So I think that's fair. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's just some ridiculous ones out there, right? I mean, the guy didn't forget how to coach. Yeah. And, and I would also tell you that in, in fairness and, and again, sorry, I have to give the caveat biased guy. Yeah. How how much more coaching can you give when a kicker misses two extra points? I mean, is yeah. that coaching? Is that coaching? How is it coaching when when uh I'm just giving examples? I'm not saying these happen, but when a quarterback goes the wrong way or a lineman whiffs on a block, is that I mean, some people could say, Yeah, that's technique. Well, you know what? We whiffed on blocks back in the day, too. We just had so many good players. I had Amon Green running behind me, so Amon just probably slipped him and ran and didn't make me work yeah. back. You right, know what I'm right, saying? So right. we're not there yet, but there's only so much you can put on the coaches. Eventually the boys got to make plays. Exactly. So they have to do it on the field. That's it. Right. It's that simple.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, or even, uh, and, and listen, I love him. And I'm so glad he came back for, for, uh, for his super senior year in Cam Taylor Britt. And I really hope this season ends well for him. Cause I think he's a talented dude, but I mean, do you think they coached him to go f- catch the ball at the one inch yard line and th- you know what I mean? Like they didn't coach him to do that. He made a mistake. No. And so that, that's where it gets to be challenging where, cause I hear some people talk about like, Oh, I wonder if these players are questioning their coaches when they continually lose. Like if your players are thinking that, I think they're kind of losers because yeah. they should be, they should question themselves first. Like, at least that was my mentality. Like if we went out and lost a game, I didn't, I didn't think Dane Altman, Bill Self, where I was oh, man, they don't know what they're doing. I first looked in the mirror, you know, yeah. and, so, I, I get it. Like, there has to be that confidence player to coach, coach to player. But I think everything starts with looking in the mirror first. And some of the stuff, like you said, missing two extra points, the safety in the first game. Like, I don't know what you're really supposed to do with some of that stuff.
1: That's, that's, but it's not coaching. It, I mean, you can, you can make a tie that every now, now being a leader, he's going to say, that's on me. We got to do better. <laughs> like, those are the sure. things that coaches say. But again, I expect people to have a reasonable brain when they hear a coach talk. When they hear a coach say we had to throw out half the playbook, reasonable people don't believe he threw out half the playbook. 50% it's dumbest, of his
0: plays. Yeah. The dumbest
1: thing that I've ever. Like, yeah. it's so incredibly. I, I actually saw some fans say, oh my God, look at McKenzie Milton. He's playing so well. Why didn't we get him? I mean, that's on Frost. This is a dude that McKenzie Milton, even playing football, is akin to hitting a 10 team parlay in football. Yeah, it's like, a it miracle. It doesn't happen ever. Right. So he came back, congratulations. Like, you would never do that. But right. we're so. And I'm, I'm not blaming all of our fans, by the way. I'm, th- there's frustration, they're, right? Sure. I mean, in fairness, there's frustration. So there's frustration. Like I heard the comments in the first quarter of the last game, and like it was like everybody was ready to jump off the edge because they're ready for the shoe to drop. Well, you know what? We're going to play another game against Buffalo, and it's probably going to be tight a little bit. I still think if we do what we did against Fordham, I think we're going to roll them. But look what happened throughout the country. Look at Tulane almost beating Oklahoma. How does that happen? This is a team, Oklahoma, that might be the most loaded in terms of talent, maybe in the country. That's why people have them ranked so high. So that happened. Uh, San Jose Jose State almost beats USC. I mean, there's a ton of Wisconsin losing at home. There's a ton of things that you can look at and say, college football is a little different than your dad's college football, the one that I played in. So you still have your elite. But if you're not in that top little tiny echelon, there's an opportunity that you're going to get your butt beat on any given Saturday. Again, if people are, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm saying this is not your dad's college football. Other than the top three, four, five teams, maybe, anybody can be beaten. I mean, crazy things. UCLA beating LSU and San Jose State almost beating USC and, like, just these crazy things that you're not used to seeing. You know, Tulane almost upsetting Oklahoma. They get a first down uh, on their drive. Who knows? They might end up winning that game.
0: No doubt. So
1: there's just some crazy stuff that have happened. And I think with where we are as a program, um, again, it just it just goes back to get to a bowl game this year. Just get to a bowl game. Yeah, that's
0: progress. I, that's that's, that's where I've, I, I it's listen. I just, it's, yeah, it's progress. Right. Totally agree. Get to six and six, get to a bowl game. Maybe you go win a bowl game and then you then you start building it. So yeah. yep. that that's how I've seen it. I when you look at uh, uh, let's talk about Jurgens for a second, because if I'm not mistaken, you you played center and guard, right? Yes. Now, yep. I'd imagine you guys didn't operate a ton out of the gun. Uh, not a lot. Not a ton. But I guess the snap thing, it's been better. There was one errant one at the Illinois game. How do you see this, the snap issue with, with Juergens as a former lineman?
1: Improved significantly.
0: Okay. Um,
1: it I don't want to say it's a non-issue. It's never a non-issue. But if you're, if you're snapping shotgun snaps, we run set roughly 70 plays a game from about the midpoint of last year until – You know, now the first two games of this year, I think he's had, I'll call it one and a half bad snaps. And so there was a technique uh, issue and it was fixed and he's he's got it now. I mean, like it's it's comfortable for him. So it's not coming back 100 miles an hour. He looks comfortable over the ball. Um, He's relaxed. Um, He's preparing the right way. So, yeah, I don't I think it's a non-issue now the kid right. is an amazing football player. yeah how
0: really good fast. is he talk about that as a, like because everybody talks about hey man that dude like at, if he get once he gets the snap right like that dude is a monster what what do you see with with Jurgens when he's right? just a
1: physically gifted
0: center I mean yep. he is he's he's
1: big he doesn't like he put on the weight and didn't get sloppy. he got strong. Um, you know, he rolls around practice with his gut out and, you know, I like to flip him some crap about that, but he, <laughs> I mean, still got the tight end in him, but sure. yeah, the dude looks, he, he looks great. I mean, he's super strong. He's smart. He knows the system. He knows what he's, he's trying to get done. He can move a guy. He's got some nasty to him. What I want. And what I really hope is that his nasty can wear off on some of the other guys. I think that will come as they are, you know, I, I've said this about every level of football, from youth all the way up to the NFL. Until you know 100%, almost involuntarily like breathing, until you know where you're going on every play and there's nothing the defense can throw at you, my contention is you can't go 100%. Mm-hmm. I think you would think the same thing about, think about your time at Kansas or crazy the oh, yeah. one. Until you really knew the offense and what you were, you were doing, how can you go 100%? Right. So I think it's really critical that, first of all, they they get their nose in the playbook and make sure they know it like the back of their hand. But secondly, they got to develop a little bit of nasty. And Cam has that. Um, Sitterman has that. He's got some nasty to him, too. I think that a, a couple other guys, as they're learning, the young guys need to develop that. I think that's a really important component to being an offensive lineman.
0: Sure. Mindset. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. Everybody that knows my athletic background, you know, as a quarterback in high school but you know i believe in establishing the run game and even more than that i believe in establishing the runza game that's an original runza cheeseburger some onion rings double dipped in a homemade batter a little bit of a pop to top it off you know in football you establish a run but at lunch you establish the runza it's just that simple so get out to runza today and establish the runza game or check out the delicious salads. You got the chicken bacon ranch salad, sweet berry chicken salad, and my personal favorite, the southwest chicken salad. You got to get out to Runza, establish a Runza game, or get a salad. Either way, you are going to leave satisfied. Runza makes it all better. A couple more things. I know I know you got to run here in a, in, a, in a few minutes. It, you you kind of went I I want to go back to something you said, you know, from the second quarter on. You talked about finding a running back and then finding I don't know. You 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 didn't use the word identity, but you kind of you said that 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 Coach Austin and that offensive line kind of found something that works. Can you can you elaborate on that? Because I think when when Scott first got here, you thought it was going to be spread out speed, and I think they they're now you hear some comments from whether it's the O line or Marquis Step of trying to be a little bit more downhill, physical, run it right at you. Do you think the offense and the run game has has found quite what it wants to be yet?
1: I think they – what the term that I use that is I think they found something. Okay. Okay, and, and I want to be clear that I, it, like, I don't think this is all of a sudden going to be the best offense in the country. I don't think right. that. But I think they found something in quarters two through four against Fordham that they can use literally the entire year. And that thing that they found is a running back that can run downhill, linemen that are willing to displace defensive linemen, to move them from A to B, move them down the field to create running lanes, and, and even to create positive runs where they're not so positive. So three-yard gains. And then what I saw, like taking that a step further, is when you develop that, if you go back and you really watch the film, and I didn't go watch the film, I watched it live, but when you go back and look at it, if anybody does, look at what happened to Adrian. All of a sudden, he had time. We had quick throws. We had receivers running open. The middle of the field was open, the tight end game. So I think if they can do this, if they can do exactly what they did in quarters two through four, and they can do it, by the way, if they can run this power in your face, moving defensive lineman downhill running, physical football, we will be better than, uh, I'll call it the peers in, that we have in the Big Ten, the Iowas, the Northwesterns, the Michigan State, we'll be better than them because they don't have that. Iowa throws only to their tight ends and running backs. Um, you know, we know what Iowa wants to do we have the ability to to change that we can throw it to wide receivers we throw it down the field and look how smooth adrian looked. so for all the criticism that young man has gotten and some of it is deservedly so he was really really good again it's fordham i understand that but he
0: was really good again i'm Cleveland. with you really good i thought he looked good you know it's funny you told that story about was it aaron taylor that yelled at scott yes yeah so you tell that story It it, it sounds like in the Fordham game, Martinez kind of yelled at the lineman early in the game. Sounds like there was a little bit of conflict, which I think is good. But I always think that relationship between a quarterback and the O-line is a special one. It is. When you heard that, what did you think about that? Because Adrian's a guy, he's a captain, he's a four-year starter. Like, he's probably got the cred to be able to kind of get in some of these young guys' face and light them up a little bit.
1: It should have made them feel connected is what it should have done. And, and I, I'm not saying that it hasn't. I'm hoping that that was the end result. I would love to see a little more conflict on the sideline. I, I would. I would love to see more conflict in practice. Um, I mean, Jason probably told you, like, we fought every practice, every <laughs> single practice fighting on the field. Right. And we didn't like those guys. We didn't like the defense. It was, it was us against them. That was the competition. Then we got in the locker room and things were fine. Like, there was never a problem. We understood the difference between being between the lines and being in the locker room. We were able to make that clear delineation. But I'm telling you, man, in games, if we didn't score or something like that, it'd be Jason or Grant. They'd be looking over us like, don't worry about it. We'll go three and out. give you another chance. Right. Don't worry right. about it. Take your time scoring. Or if it was vice versa and we're putting up points and they're allowing some drives like, hey, you want to get us a ball back sometime today? Like we'd like to score again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, those conversations happen in the game. Right. So, that, that conflict, if you have relationship, that's the key is you have to have a relationship. You have to have earned that. I wasn't going to say anything as a freshman, sophomore, like when I wasn't really playing. I, I would never do that. But once you have that relationship, you can have those types of conversations. That conflict, that conflict will bring them closer together.
0: couple more things. You're out of here. Uh, I was I'm curious. I don't know if you've thought about this, but because because I, I was you know, I, I walked on at Kansas. You were a walk on at, at Nebraska where does, is the walk-ons place in college bat, in college football is with the transfer portal? Is it in a better place? Is it in a worse place? Is it the same to you? I'm, I'm honestly like, I don't, I didn't know how to answer the question. I'm not totally sure. As someone that, you know, look, I mean, like you were, you were a guy that earned, I mean, Sports Illustrated all walk-on team 1997. Like you were a, a, a guy that like, were the poster child, like you can be Hoskinson to these other walk-ons. Like yes. what's the, what's the walk-ons place in 2021 with everything that's kind of changed in recruiting.
1: That's a really good question. First, I, I guess I'll start with, I hate the transfer portal. I so hate I. everything about it. Um, I think it makes it. it now so one could argue that, you know, schools get to do what they want. They could cut a kid. They could do this and it happens, but it's rare. I mean, it's rare that a scholarship kid that is asked to leave. I mean, it happens, mm-hmm. but if they're doing all the right things and they're putting their best foot forward, and they're going to class and doing the right stuff. It's rare that they ask them to leave. So I don't think it's a one for one argument. I think we've created a really a free agent atmosphere with the transfer portal. Um, you can just kind of go, go wherever and do whatever you want. So I think, I think your question's valid because if you are that walk on and my son's a walk on right now. So if you're a walk on and he's not going to play early, he needs to develop. He's was more like me. Like I need to be in the system and get bigger, stronger, faster. And, you know, have a chance to play, you know, maybe late in my sophomore year into junior, senior year. Um, so what happens when a guy leaves and all of a sudden a center becomes available and the guy is, he's, you know, just a badass and like you want to pick him up, like there it is. Like, so I think your question's valid because it could limit the ability for walk-ons to do that. But I don't think there is not a place, that's a horrible sentence, but I think there is still a place for walk-ons in this game, right. especially here. I think if we... If we, this is card horse argument though, right? I mean, so you got to start winning. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you start winning, we don't know what happens with these in-state recruits. Maybe they come, maybe they don't. Some kids just want to do whatever it is that they want to do. They want to leave the state. They want to do whatever. Tip your cap and move on. Um, And that's fine. It's okay, folks. It's okay if we have some guys that leave the state. I mean, congratulations, young man. Go have fun. But I think once we start consistently winning, we'll see that change and we'll be able to get more walk-ons. We'll be able to get those fringe guys like I was, that, hey, come here, earn your scholarship, earn it. And then you're given the opportunity to do that. And then you're playing for your dream school. I saw somebody posted something today about that. Like, wh- what do you choose? You choose a scholarship to to South Dakota or do you choose the walk-on at Nebraska? And, and I will tell you on this podcast, the same thing I've said to everybody in the world. You know what I, as an adult man, have never, ever, ever said and will never say, man, what, what if I went to South Dakota? Would I have played for four years? Never. But mm-hmm. if I had went to South Dakota, you know what I would always say for the rest of my life? I could have been on the greatest run that college football has ever seen. Right. I could have three national championships. Right. Right. You're right? I mean, you're never going to look back and say, what if? It's those guys that won't put themselves out there. Those are the ones. I mean, you and I are probably in the same boat. You could have played yeah. at a million lower tier Division I schools, no D2 schools, started yep. for four years. You put yourself out there and went to your dream school. Yep. And then you came back and you played Division One basketball at Creighton. Yeah. I mean, you could have went to a smaller school and dominated, but you wanted to put yourself out there against the best. Right. Some guys right. still want to do that. And, and oh, no. I think for that reason, there'll always be a place for walk-ons.
0: Matt Hoskinson, I told you we'd be out by like here we are, it's 5 15. So hey, th- we're in season we're bringing the a team out we're bringing the first stringers about
1: i knew i'd get on here eventually like i feel like i've made it now i feel like i've made it <laughs>
0: <laughs> you 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 <laughs> have my friend you you absolutely have hey thank you for your time i know you're super busy with the fam and the kids and all that uh let's yeah, catch bro. up again here maybe in the season all right pal
1: anytime invite me to the one with the with the wine I, i'm a wine guy like i'll do mm. the wine thing with you guys
0: you, you want, want to do that not. don't don't nah, tempt me i will <laughs> okay yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'll bring some. I'll bring some. You know, I, I'm Good. not just going to show up empty-handed. You
0: okay. Know? You bring the wine. We'll, we'll 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 pop the cork. We'll get it going. All right, Ben. All, right. All right. Thanks, Hos. All right, bud. Appreciate
1: it. Media Production.